0: underdog podcast from sb nation and underdog dynasty
2: all right football fans welcome back to another episode of the underdog podcast where we talk g5 football and only g5 football for underdog dynasty and this is another round of joe talk and that's me joe serpico and on the other side of the mic is my friend joe robeck what's up man
1: you know, I'm kind of worried about you. You're cheering for the Warriors, and you can't dress yourself. Like, what's going on, dude?
2: I'm just uh, a mess right now. It's all right. I appreciate greatness, so don't hate on the Warriors, and I can't stand Drake. How are uh, guy? I usually am, just not this time. They knocked out my Sixers, so that's the other main reason. Uh, but we're back with another preview of... Teams inside the conference and this week we are on Navy football and we are pleased to be joined by Austin Lantain of Against All Enemies, SB Nations home of the Service Academies and they also stole the navy the navy covers from us when that site opens. How long how long has it been now the the site that's been open? Oh
0: man, we started uh basically in July or August. It was it was right when football season started. We we hit the ground running. But uh, Justin Mears is our project site manager, and he used to write with Underdog Dynasty and did some navy stuff. Um, he was active duty at the time, so I had to fit it in his schedule. But uh, that's when he was able to merge over to Against All Enemies, and we've we've been able to kind of make that a solid thing between all
2: academies. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Um, I guess we're going to get it started with, the, I think, is the most obvious question just about every fan in Navy or the conference, I guess I should say, is, and that's going to be what is the situation now with – uh malcolm perry is back at quarterback do they you know they kind of experimented with it last year then they switched out of it and now they really have no choice to to go his way so what is the uh, expectations for him this season yeah i'll say to start off even when this was kind of announced in march that he was going to be the starting quarterback
0: i don't think everyone knew that was what was going to happen um but coach ken is a as a coach who he definitely wants to win now uh so he sees them as the most dynamic playmaker on the field which is absolutely true the quarterback might not be his most natural position at least it's, it's looked rough at times especially when as to drop back and pass um but at the end of the day when he's run the triple option like he creates plays he finds holes he's he's productive in open space it's just a matter of if he can be more productive outside of just running the ball and making actually good pitches and good reads and actually make a a decent throw, eight, 10 yards downfield, he's going to be able to create more of those spaces. Uh, So I think that's a big goal for them in the spring season, as well as the summer, because Malcolm Perry is an athlete. Uh, Even if you look back at the first, I think he was the quarterback for the first five games of the season last year, uh, but the first three are the ones that stick out. He ran for over 500 yards and six touchdowns in those three games. Uh, which is certainly impressive. Obviously, we we're talking about the triple option. so when we talk about a quarterback at one of the service academies, we look at the rushing statistics first. <laughs> uh, but then if you look at the passing is where he certainly struggled. He was 5 for 15 with one touchdown and one pick, and I think teams started to catch up on that and realize, like, you know, hey, if we can really – limit him inside the box and he's just not going to be able to as productive as he wants to be and that's exactly what happened and Coach Ken kind of went the other way and then decided at the end of the year when this season rolled around like he's still our best guy so they're going to try to put wrinkles in the offense and, and see what we can get out of him uh, back under the helm so we'll certainly see what happens in just a couple of weeks of the season I'm sure.
1: So a couple of years ago he was, he was rumored to be I don't know if he was rumored or he had the Arizona job and then the whole Khalil Tate situation happened And so I think a lot of people were concerned that he was going to leave for a better job, or quote, if you want to call it a better job. Um, But now it seems like it's kind of going the other way. So are fans worried that he might still leave? Or is there even a chance, you know, with the last couple years not being so good? um, Is there a chance that he'd get fired?
0: So I think there's definitely two understandings. Some people think that's a possibility and and others don't, which I know is kind of a cop-out answer. He's been there, (laughs) Coach Ken's been there for 22 years. Uh, He's been the head coach for 12. So he's what Navy football fans know. Like He served as the offensive coordinator under Paul Johnson and then became the head coach when Paul Johnson left for Georgia Tech. And surprisingly enough, Coach Ken has been at Navy longer than Paul Johnson was able to stay at Georgia Tech. Um, So Coach Ken is definitely a guy that's he's very calculated. Uh, he's very family-based. So he really will take every metric into his calculation to figure out what he wants to do. So I think a lot of this was just his due diligence. The Arizona thing was to go there to see and even BYU the year before that. Um, I don't think it's a fear that he's going to quit or walk away or get fired. As long as Chet gladchuk our athletic director, is still there. I think Coach Ken at least has another year even of 2019 is only it doesn't get you a bowl game I still think he's there for another year uh, before really having that discussion that's my two cents um, I think what's interesting with it is that if you look at Kennesaw State uh, and FCS, that's where our new defensive coordinator Brian Newberry came from, but the head coach there is Craig Candido, and he's actually a Naval Academy graduate himself, and he's been very success uh, very successful there. So there is kind of this other timeline that's kind of working against Can, where you do see some success in the FCS level, and I wouldn't be surprised if those two things kind of line up down the road, where uh, Candido might get his might have shot as as being a head coach there.
2: Now, I, I kind of want to bring it back to the offense real quick, just you know I mean we we obviously talked about Perry, but you know they moved him out of that quarterback role last year, and he you know they tried to get him on the edge. Um, who is gonna be that guy in Navy's offense this year? because obviously somebody's got to step up to to handle the load, you know rushing the football. Sure. Um. I, I actually I should take a step back too. When I was talking about Candido,
0: it was actually uh, Brian Bohannon. So Candido was actually in a sense of, uh, an assistant coach at Georgia Tech. So I got my names mixed up. But Brian Bohannon, another Naval Academy grad. So uh, taking a step back into my last answer. But thank
1: you for that. Yeah,
0: thanks. Uh. So surprisingly, I wouldn't say surprisingly, but there's been some some good successful coaches in the in the uh, college football from the Naval Academy, and obviously that's where uh, current um, uh, Army coach uh is as well so it has a paul johnson background so it's 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 fun to see kind of success outside of just the naval academy for some of these coaches uh, but when it comes to running the ball in offense and who's going to be productive for navy this year I, i'm looking to nelson smith as our fullback uh he's a returner who, who put up some numbers last year average over five yards per carry as a fullback and he's he's a junior now so i'm uh, going to be more true and tested for that and then it's going to be the slots between uh, Taj Malloy and CJ Williams, who are both averaging. Uh, Let's we'll say Taj Malloy was over almost six yards per carry last year. CJ Williams was over eight yards per carry uh, and actually was pretty dynamic in terms of being a, a receiver as well, caught some balls, and I think even had a touchdown or two. So those are our two slot backs with the most yards. And then if you could accompany that with Nelson Smith's production as a fullback, then uh, I think you do have a three headed beast, a three headed monster between the fullback, the quarterback, and the slot back.
1: So, obviously, we've, we've talked about uh, Navy taking kind of a step back last year and maybe even the year before as well. But uh, was the the schedule like the biggest thing that contributed to that, or what was what was the biggest thing that that led to them taking a step back? And if if the, the schedule is was the problem, is a less gruesome schedule this year? Does, does that help them, or what what's that going to mean for them?
0: I mean, it's certainly it's certainly not going to make it worse. <laughs> uh, I think last year the Navy football team traveled the second most miles in the country uh, for FBS football behind Hawaii. So it was certainly a lot um, this year, not going to Hawaii, not going out to San Diego to play Notre Dame. Those things are, are going to be helpful. Um, but I don't think... Anyone inside the locker room is going to point to that as an excuse for last year. There were a, a lot of problems, uh, a lot of misblocking, just kind of a lot of confusion in regards to what was happening with the triple option and kind of got away from it a little bit in terms of what was their, their bread and butter for years or for, you know, the last decade or so. Uh, so it it's easy to point that as a part of the problem last year, but I wouldn't say that was the focal point of the issues uh, but I think this year's schedule stacks up a little bit better, even if you look to who they're matching up with in the American on the east side. So last year, they had to, Navy had to play UCF as well as Cincinnati, which is a tough draw. This year, those two teams are pretty much replaced with ECU and UConn. So that's a fair trade. I'll definitely take those two games this year uh, compared to what those were, <laughs> were last year. So uh, the schedule stacks up a little bit better, less travel, and some easier cross-conference or cross-division
2: opponents. Uh, so we'll see what happens. All right. You kind of brought up a little bit earlier the addition of uh, Barry Newberry. Or excuse me. Is it Barry Newberry? Do I have that right now? Brian Newberry. Brian right.
1: Newberry. I don't know why. Like right? Look, I already – his name on this coaching staff? No. I'm, hey, I already, I already
2: screwed up a
0: coach too, man. So it's <laughs> all right. We're, all, we're 0 for 4 basically. We're 0 for
2: 4. That's all good. We uh, – We generally know what we're talking about here. (laughs) But so, Brian Newberry, excuse me. So, you know, he's got a tough task ahead, too. Basically, I mean, you know, we gave, I know me and Joe definitely talked about it last year. Obviously, their biggest problem was on that side of the ball. And, you know, that led to the previous coach uh, retiring, if I remember correctly. I don't think he resigned. I believe he retired. And then,
0: Know, officially correct.
2: That's, that's correct in an official manner, for sure. All right, I got one right there. And <laughs> then five, all right. And then, you know, it's, like the, it's not like they were a young team last year either. You know, they've got a, a lot to, uh, to replace. I have the number. It's a four defensive ends, three linebackers, and three defensive backs that they got to uh, replace. So it, it's a tough task for, for the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I would agree. And,
0: and if you look at the depth chart that came out of the spring, on the defensive side, there's only four senior starters, so I would say now what you're going to see from Coach Newberry is probably a lot of development. Um, the the base defense is, is going to be the same. I think he's he he says they run a, a four two five with a little bit of th- three four or something like that. I forget his words. He had, had a quote recently uh, in the local newspaper where. Yeah, he's a 4-2-5 he's a that runs a 3-4 scheme or something like that. So he, he likes to mix up odd and even fronts, which is something that Navy defenders have not done as much under the previous defensive coordinator with Dale Pearson. Um, so I think what you're you, you're going to see a steep slope of learning that's going to have to occur for a lot of these players. Uh, I think they'll be up to it. And I think as the season progresses, and this is not going to be a one-year fix, uh, so even into next season with only losing four seniors l- looking ahead, you're going to see a lot of development in that. So I'm hoping this year you're just going to see a team that's aggressive, goes to the ball, disguises uh, their front a little bit to see what's going to happen, and uh, and hopefully that will create a little bit of disruption. Even if we can make, force one or two more turnovers or, or punts, then looking back at last year's schedule we lost a lot of games within one score, within 10 points, then those might be the difference makers, right? And then so the next year maybe we can even get back to – uh, a six win season and the following year move that up to nine or ten and kind of get back on track with what navy has been used to the last few years
1: so kind of going uh along with that like more maybe we're into depth of like what was defensively what was the biggest flaw last year and how, how like does the switching up the front switching up the looks does that does that change this year or what what's going to help them be better in 2019
0: you know, what's funny is the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is offensive efficiency. Uh, so a strength for Navy in the past has always been on the offensive side and, and being able to uh, move the ball, you know, take sometimes up to 10 minutes on a drive, right? on one drive and just being able to grind out first downs. And we had so many like three and outs this year and uncharacteristic. Uh, False starts or or holding penalties that push us back and force us to punt early, where the defense was just on the field a lot. It seemed like. So with a more efficient offense, I think that's going to itself help out the the defensive side of the ball Uh, and just kind of the 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 mentality that Coach Newberry's been preaching that you read all spring is that he just wants an aggressive mindset and like getting a nose to the ball and trying to tackle the ball. And it seems like there's a different type of mentality there that's just a little bit more aggressive, which hey, we're going to get better and more skilled as the season progresses in terms of what I want out of you in terms of a player. But at the end of the day, if you're getting to the ball, like we're going to find ourselves productive in some way. And I think that's maybe something that was lacking uh, in the last couple of years.
2: All right. So we can't talk about Navy, obviously, without talking about the, the actual biggest rivalry in all of sports and that being the Army-Navy games. So I guess – you know, since you are a right the all against all enemies. God, I can't get there anything it right today.
1: I can't get anything right.
0: Do you? Lord. Do you, I mean, do you like that name? At least we we debated a few of them. That was the one we ended up on.
1: What are your other options?
0: Yeah, I'm curious to hear that. Oh man, we had a uh, one that was like by land, by air, by sea. That was one of them.
2: That's not bad.
0: Uh, I think those against are the final.
2: Is, against all enemies, is not too bad though.
0: Solid, solid. One. The uh, Uncle like Sam
2: logo. That. Uncle Sam logo work. Yeah, Oh yeah, That's... I like that a lot. That nice. works for sure. Happy to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess you know, give us a quick uh, rundown of army, and then I guess what to expect when we get to that time. And I mean, it's already almost college football season, so December will be here in no time too. Yeah. Um. So when I, when I think of Army football this year, and this is not, I mean, you could say this
0: is kind of like a jab or an insult because I'm an Naval Academy grad myself, but I don't mean it like this. Their schedule is not too challenging this year. Uh, they do go to the big house. Uh, and they've got the Navy and Air Force game, which are always tough. And then I think their next toughest opponent is probably Tulane, uh, which isn't, you know, they're, they're definitely a formidable, formidable program. Tulane's been getting better and better. But then after that, there's a huge drop. I think they have two FCS opponents this year. They do have to travel to Hawaii this year, so that'll be a tough game. But all in all, you look at it, and they play 13 games this year because Hawaii is on the schedule. Like, 10 wins is very, very realistic for them. Uh, And that's, I think, increases their probability of getting 10 wins when you look at who they have returning on the offensive side, because you're going to have quarterback Kelvin Hopkins is back, Kel Walker, who's a solid running back, slot back. So you're going to have a lot of offensive production there already with a a schedule that's uh, going to allow them to win some games. And it's going to be a tough task when an army Navy game rolls around. They always say throw the records out the window, and that's, for the most part, true. You can look at that series, and it's almost always a one-score game, no matter how good the two teams are or or how uh, much uh, parity or disparity, I guess you could say, between the two of them are. So uh, it'll be fun to see it unfold as the year goes on. You get to watch the Air Force game and kind of see the metric beforehand because both teams play Air Force earlier on in the year and kind of gauge who might be better uh, against an option type team, but then you get to see it again for Navy and Army this year with Tulane, uh, while, uh, while Tulane's not running a triple option offense, they're still going to be able to have a, a, the same opponent where you have more on tape to see what you might actually be able to find out in terms of the December game. But what I find most exciting about this is probably Coach Newberry's role coming in here for as a defensive coordinator first time, and he's going to be putting up a triple option defense on army which he's been doing very successfully at Kennesaw State and the FCS uh level so uh obviously army's gonna look at some of that tape to figure out how he's gonna line up against it but I think it'll be the first time they're gonna see it and so that's gonna give navy a little bit of an advantage at least to start the game in terms of what kind of front that army's gonna have to, to fight against
1: what's your favorite army navy moment
0: oh man Probably my senior year when we won four years in a row. So, my, my senior class or my class, we beat Air Force and Army 4 0, 4 0. So, we were 8 0 against Service Academy. So, the, the last game of that, you know, checking the box was your senior year to see if you could make a full sweep. Uh, and even, I think Justin was the one who, <laughs> Justin Mears against Solomon, he was my roommate. He brought in a full-size broom onto the march-on. So if you haven't seen the march-on before the Army-Navy game, you have to watch that eventually. Uh, he marched on with a broom up his entire pant leg and shirt. And then as we were walking back to our seats, he was kind of taunting the Army fans and the Army students, the cadets up there with the broom, just saying, four year sweep, four your sweep. For your <laughs>
1: sweep. So uh, nice.
2: it was it was petty and perfect. You know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> I enjoy all that. I'm all for that kind of stuff. All right. I guess we'll end, uh, we'll end it on this note here. Um, you know, this, you kind of talked about army schedule. I mean, a navy schedule is definitely a lot more daunting than um, armies is. So, give us without really diving too much into the schedule. I guess give us what you. How many wins do you think the navy gets to this year? Because um, I think all three of us are probably in agreement that bowl game this year is looking pretty rough. I, I would say that, um,
0: but as an optimist, I gave them six wins because I had to because I'm a Navy grad and I have to see a glass kind of half full. Um, and then I try to figure out <laughs> how they're going to get there. Um, Holy Cross, I like that chance. ECU, UConn, I like those three. Uh, then you've got SMU and Tulsa, which are winnable games in the West, so that can get you to five if you can win both of those. And then you kind of have the, the Army, Air Force, Tulane, maybe even USF, depending on how I, I don't know what USF's going to show up this year after last year's collapse. Um, so I, I look at it and I say, hey, six wins is is feasible, it's attainable. Um, but I think if you look at Vegas, you're probably I don't know I haven't looked at it, but I'm guessing it's probably four and a half or five is probably what you're looking at. So uh, six is definitely on the on the optimistic side, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say six. Let's throw in a bowl game. Let's make seven wins. Is that crazy?
2: That's pretty crazy. I like it. <laughs> All for it. Well, well, I don't see it happening, but I wouldn't <laughs> what mind what you, if it happened. Are you thinking an improvement upon three wins from last year? No, no, I'm already on record for saying I think that they get two wins.
1: Oh, thank two. you. I was I was hoping you were gonna stay to your true to your words. Yeah. He was like, I ah, maybe four. See right. more. <laughs> oh,
2: Let's, I'm already on record for saying two. Sorry. Let's say it's probably the average of that two and six. Maybe we're looking at four to five.
1: I just like Coach Ken and just like how the, that program has run too much for them to do worse or do the same. Yeah. If you're like if you're you letting me take it for that long,
0: if you're like if you're letting me take an over under of two and a half, I will take the over on you on almost any bet you want. I would take that
2: bet too as well. Tell no, me.
1: you wouldn't. Don't be lying. You just well, said two wins.
2: Uh, if, you know, I like to do a little bit of uh, wagering, huh. so that would be a that would actually not be a bad bet whatsoever. I would take that, but I, I still, I don't know. For some reason, I see only two wins. The Holy Cross one, obviously, I think is a win, and that it I mean be a win. Yeah, well, obviously, and that after I mean after that, it could be just realistically UConn. Oh, man. I think ECU he, he at home. I forget on the schedule in front of me. It's out, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is a home game. Well, Joe, Joe, Joe's big on ECU this year, so. Well. We'll see. Yeah. I well, they beat
1: Memphis what, last year, didn't they?
0: Yes, they did. Navy, Navy, Navy beat Memphis. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Navy beat Memphis. With
0: Malcolm Perry at quarterback in the second right.
1: week.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, you know. In the I pouring mean, rain, too. Yeah, I think the weather certainly didn't hurt Navy yeah so
1: (laughs) they might pull one or two of those off this year
0: all right see i'm getting y'all i'm getting y'all closer to five wins see we're getting there
1: i'm probably closer to five wins i'm definitely closer than joe is that's for sure
0: yeah i think if coach if coach ken is rocking a two and ten season then yeah we might That discussion i had earlier would be a little rougher yeah But if that does happen, I hope Brian Bohannon doesn't get mad that I was referring to him to Coach Candido (laughs) because Brian Bohannon would be my my savior at that point.
2: There you go. All right, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with, we'll let you plug the site, yourself, whatever you would like to do there. Yeah, appreciate it. AgainstAllEnemies.com, we're...
0: We just launched our podcast the first time a month and a half ago right now. We're just kind of doing it like every two weeks. we uh trying to get our feet wet before football season where we really want to get going with it. But then we'll do it on a weekly basis. But uh, it's been fun this year to kind of develop a plan of attack for an entire college uh, athletic season. One thing we're working on behind the scenes now, and we're going to do our podcast here in a little bit for our recording, is end-of-year awards. So we're going to kind of have – uh, coach of the year, players of the year, team of the year between all service academies. So we're going to have nominees for that. And we're looking uh, for, for people to vote. So once we get that out there, uh, be
2: a great thing for the underdog dynasty uh, group to kind of, to check out themselves. Oh, we certainly will. And uh, again, awesome. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure we will be talking plenty once we get closer to the college football season, especially after Navy picks up their third win of the year and mid, midway through the season. Well, I'll, let, I'll let you I'll let you rub it in. That. <laughs> fair. That's fair. All right, then take care. We appreciate it.
0: All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as
0: uh,
2: simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech.
2: It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: All right. So once again, we want to thank Austin Lintane for joining us. Make sure you are checking out the uh, against all enemies site they are doing a great job they don't just cover the football teams they cover all of the service academy teams football baseball uh, basketball and all other sports over there so make sure you're doing that so me and joe we're going to continue the discussion for a little bit uh, you know we talked about with austin the, the situation at quarterback and you know, I don't think he really brought it up that much, but I think one of the things that we got to see from this offense this year is, you know, you're not ever going to see them air it out. Uh, Hell, you're probably not even going to see them air it out 10 times a game, but when they do go to complete, say, seven, eight, nine passes a game, you know, you need a lot better than a 36% completion percentage that Malcolm Perry had last year
1: yeah it's uh well and like he said there, there was that they had that weird game against memphis where they won in memphis obviously was you know they played ucf for the conference championship and so things were going well but then i i don't know i obviously i i didn't watch a ton of navy last year and i'll be honest i don't know if i'll watch a ton of a ton of navy again this year but i don't know what happened that you know the switch was flipped and it went the other way and Perry went back to running back, and guys like Zach Abbey and Garrett Lewis took over. So I don't know what happened or what went wrong, but obviously things need to be different if they're going to win more than three games this year.
2: You know, I, I I don't know if you thought the same as me, but when he played the the game in the snow a couple of years ago against Army, and he really shredded them, I really thought he was going to be a star. And then last year, you know, he gets benched after that Air Force game. Where they, I mean, they got embarrassed in that Air Force game, but I don't know. It's it's it is a little bit weird to, you know, they they got away from him, and now is it is it almost kind of a thing where they have really really have no choice but to go with Perry at quarterback now?
1: Well, and they had. You're talking about uh, two years ago when he had against SMU. He had 282 yards and four touchdowns, mm-hmm. and then two games later against Army, he had 250 and one. And I don't know. It's not like it's weird because he started the year well last year too. He went 108 and one, 166 and two, and 223 and three, and then it just dropped off from there. So I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like they're saying, "Hey, we need you to pass the ball a lot and not run the ball as much." Like they're still running the same offense. So I don't know. I like you said though. They, I think that's it's kind of their only choice right now. Otherwise, they're going to someone who de- hasn't had any reps and doesn't have ex- as, nearly as much experience.
2: Almost none, if I, if I recall. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I
1: don't think anybody's... Has anybody taken a snap?
2: I don't think so. I think, you know, then that's the other problem, just because, you know, Aby's gone, Garrett Lewis is gone, so it, it, it is Perry. I mean, at least from the outside, I mean, we're not we're not there, so we don't know if, if there's somebody else in there. I mean, I'm sure there is another guy there, but it, it is intriguing that they did Bench him because when you look at the point totals for last year, all right, they scored 41 in the loss against Hawaii, all right, not too bad against Hawaii. You know, Hawaii, I mean, Hawaii scored 59 in that game, and I, I think we both agree that Hawaii is probably going to be another high-octane offense again this year. Mm-hmm. They pick up a win against Memphis. You know, I mean, it's only 22, but it was enough to get a win. Fifty, a fifty spot against yeah, the ads Lehigh, but it's still fifty. Uh, Thirty against SMU. Grant, yeah, it's a loss, but, I mean, it's still – you get the 30, and I, and then they have the dud against the Air Force, and that's when the quarterback change happens. It's just uh, – you know, is it
1: just one bad game, and they decided to make the change? I, I don't understand it. Well, it's funny that in 2017, the game that he exploded was against SMU, and last year the game that he began, his struggles, was against SMU. So I don't know what uh, – yeah I don't know it's it's one of it's one of the weirdest situations in this conference
2: yeah Navy is a a tough team to uh to gauge this year as Austin said there so I I think anywhere between the two wins that uh, I predicted earlier and then the uh the six wins that he went to you know any of that is certainly possible Uh, I'm not disagreeing with Austin whatsoever I just, I, know, I think it's uh, hard to see it happening just because of what we saw from Perry last year. If they were so quick to, to you know, jump the gun on benching them last year, who's to say it won't be the same thing this year? And then it's a complete stranger to all of us. Let's be real. Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see what Coach can. And I'm glad that Austin told us that we can call him that because I will never butcher. Yeah, his, what's his what's his last name? Ken Niamatololo. Hey, all right. I can't believe, I don't. I have no idea why I wrote Barry Newberry. I don't know what my fingers were doing earlier. Probably your iPhone. Uh, I think actually, yeah, I did write that down on my iPhone. So yeah, that's oh, exactly great. what it was. Yeah, great thing. All right, I guess let's go through that schedule. I mean, we, he, he talked about it, but let's let's really go through it and wrap up our uh, talk with Navy football. So he mentioned the week one game and that is the matchup with Holy Cross uh, would be a true stunner if they somehow lost that game. So I think we could we can definitively say they'll be one and0 to start the season.
1: one and0 better than last year.
2: They, they yep that's also very true. And then they can they get a bot or yeah they get a week off, and then they'll get to take on ECU, your uh, favorite team heading into the season. Every they're not season. my favorite team. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Don't insult my coos, man. Your favorite team, the Pirates. That Pirate is a team. game that is a game at home so it'll be in annapolis so and again that's a game i I can see them getting that game
1: oh shoot i was gonna ask him about what uh why is it so hard to play it at navy you and i talk about that all the time Oh, i wish i would have asked him that yeah well next time we can get them
2: on when they pull off some upset that i'm gonna be upset about (laughs) there we go that's gonna ruin my prediction there so ECU, you're giving them a win or a loss in that game? Uh, I'm pretty sure I said ECU is going to win that game. So we're going one and one. One and one. I'm Where not, are you at? I guess I'm giving – I think I gave ECU a win in this game, didn't I?
1: Pretty sure you did.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because I had to stick true to my, my original statement of two wins for Navy. So I'm pretty sure I did that. Then the following week is a road game at Memphis and – yeah, looking at Bill Connelly. Is that the Conno- next week or do they have a buy? No, they have another buy. Excuse me, you're right. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. They have another buy. Yeah, two early buys, which is kind of interesting. And I think they have another buy mixed in somewhere. Yeah, they have another one in November too, which is kind of strange. Well,
1: yeah, because they put – yeah between the UConn and Oregon game.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a buy in there as well. So um, yeah, that Memphis game. Looking at uh, Bill's numbers, I thought it was a little bit interesting. Only giving him a 4% chance to win that game. And, I mean, I thought, you know, he has written down his projected margin of victory. I thought of it, you know, more of like a a point spread basically kind of deal. So at 31 points, he expects Memphis to win that game.
1: Yeah, I feel like Memphis is not going to leave anything to chance, even if there's bad weather.
2: Uh, that's just, I I just I it just I, seems I, like a very high number. I mean, I know we are we are both going to be uh, pretty big on Memphis this year, but that just seems like a you know, pretty substantial number cuz you know, I I've, I've already said it, I don't think Navy's going to be you know that well this year, but they're not usually a team that gets blown out the water by 30 some points.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll get killed. Well, I don't maybe. Memphis is probably that's for the, one of the games that they're probably still mad that they lost. But oh
2: there's no doubt about that I,
1: w- it, I I just feel like it's so hard to to blow out teams like Navy Air, Air Force Army just mm-hmm. cause it's it's like Austin said you know if they're efficient on offense and they're taking out which that's probably why they won the Memphis game last year is they take long drives and it gets hard for players on the other team just sit on the bench and just they, they can't do anything about it and it takes 10 minutes for them to to score a touchdown and then finally they get to go back on the field and they're they're not loose anymore. They're stiff from just sitting around and But I, I yeah, I don't know. I thirty one seems like a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean last year they only lost I think it was only the one game they lost by more than more than thirty points. Yeah. It was the Cincinnati blowout.
1: Well and it's one of those things like we're we're not surprised if they don't if they don't get blown out, but if they do get killed, we're not surprised because it's Memphis and we're super high on Memphis. Also, very true. So you know, it goes one way or another. We'll see. So you mentioned the bye week following
2: this Memphis game. Then it is we're both a home game losses with Memphis, right? Yeah, oh, I think that we didn't really have to say. I think we both okay, just I'll
1: just making sure you're not pulling off like, oh, they're going to win two games and Memphis is one of them.
2: Definitely not going to be the case. Then I think I have Memf- Memphis is going to be out for blood. Do I think thirty points blood? No, fifty. Well, that oh, that would be something. That
1: would be something. All right, one and two. So then the bye
2: week, like I said, then a home game against Air Force which another one that kind of surprised me that they they only have him as 28% win probability and basically a 10-point underdog at home. Uh, Unless I, because I I went to... uh, Uh, what's what's the name of that website Uh, FBS schedule website I didn't go to Navy's official one so I don't know if it's like maybe a neutral site game maybe I missed that but it was a little bit strange to me to see Air Force as the favorite against Navy in Annapolis which you know you and I just talked about a second ago was how we feel that there's some kind of home field advantage there
1: right yeah I'm surprised it's so low because the yes. Air Force wasn't anything special last year. They went 5-7, and seven, so it's yeah.
2: not. That's, yeah, that's why it kind of is it, surprising to me as well. I mean, I understand, yeah, obviously they blew them out last year at 35-7, but I, I don't think that's happening again. I mean, that game was played in Colorado.
1: I'm going to win.
2: I had a feeling you would go that way. And while we're on it, you know, is you know, we always talk about Army, Navy, but so like Air Force is like the forgotten, like oh step for probably. sure.
1: I don't get why that is. It, it, they they really don't get talked about at all. We should be cheering for Air Force.
2: Well, they're not in our conference, so that's why we don't talk about them.
1: Well, we just talked about Hawaii for half a second. Yeah. Well, we, now we can talk about Air Force for half a second or more. All right.
2: You're give, right. give me all your air. Ones. Give me all your Air Force takes.
1: All my Air Force takes. What was that guy's the safety's name a couple years ago? Weston Steelhammer or whatever the safety. That dude was good.
2: You know more than I do, then.
1: You're been to their campus.
2: Air Force, I have not.
1: I went there. I went to Colorado for a family vacation a few years ago. That's a pretty nice. Pretty nice campus.
2: I went to Utah's campus when I was in college. That's a very nice campus. Ooh, Nice. All the mountains around it. Mountains around it, the city in the in the middle. It was actually really cool. I liked it a lot. Salt Lake City. Mountains
1: c- around their stadium, or is that BYU?
2: Uh, there are mount. I mean, so you don't really get to see it, I guess, because a lot of those games at Utah are night games. But like the whole area is surrounded by mountains. I'm looking up. So like you have to go. So like. The, down, the, like the downtown, downtown part of Salt Lake City, you know, it's an, is like kind of the most, how do I say this? The least elevated part of the area, mm, for I lack see. of a okay, better I word. You now. And then you kind of go, I remember taking the train and the train kind of went up a, you know, it was like one main street and it went up a hill kind of. And then behind that, they had the mountains all around you, too. Okay. Very cool
1: city. Check it out sometime. Oh uh, Yeah, BYU's the mountains are closer to the stadium, but still both are pretty cool.
2: So now we're talking. Now we're talking mountains.
1: Great, a little geography. Bring it back to
2: football. The following week after, Air For- oh, no, what are we going? You going Air Force win? I said win. you am getting loss. I'm saying loss, of course. I have to. All right, then the so following week, one and three, I'm two and two. Yes, sir. So the following week is a road game against Tulsa. Oh man, another one that kind of blew my mind. Tulsa is basically a 13-point favorite, according to the bill, giving Navy a 23% chance to win the game. Now, we talked about Tulsa a couple weeks ago. They certainly have plenty of questions of their own. I guess we give them, the, them being Tulsa, the benefit of the doubt because they're at home in this game. But at the same time I mean we don't really know what to see that's that's one of those games that maybe maybe they do sneak it off but they won't
1: no I'm so, more surprised by Air Force considering it's at Navy same I feel like the at, at Tulsa is a little different I mean I feel like that number should be a little higher, but I feel like an Air Force game should be a lot higher. Considering it's a rivalry game, and like you said, those games are typically close, and it's at home.
2: Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird number to me. Very interesting number. Whatever.
1: Two and three. You're at one and four.
2: One and four for me. All right. The following week is a home it's matchup. A team. USF those bulls plus fifteen they're saying for a uh, projected margin of victory with a twenty percent chance to win in a, this game is in Annapolis. I think it's um, I don't. Know, I, I don't I think another hard team that's going to be tough to figure out this year might be USF. I think we know that they've got some playmakers on offense. I don't know if we're ready to know what they are on defense yet.
1: Well, here's okay. Here's what's interesting is that there it's 20% at home against USF, 28% at home against Air Force, and then the week after USF it's 35% at home against Tulane.
2: Well yeah, it should I think it should go up a little bit against Tulane. Now the whole thing against Air I don't know what's going on with Air Force. I guess maybe Bill thinks that they Air Force really's got Navy's number this year. Uh I, that that one threw me off a little bit too.
1: I don't know, man.
2: I'm just reading the numbers me No, nah, I don't I don't think so either. But I do – it wouldn't shock me if they pull off something like they did against Memphis last year either, though.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I said that. Mm-hmm. I'm saving it for like, – well, oh, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. With so many unknowns, like you said, with USF, USF is, is going to go one of two ways. They're going to just – they're just going to struggle hardcore and Charlie Strong is going to be gone – Or they're going to be really good, which I think is where they're going to go. And this is not going to be a contest. But who knows?
2: All right. And while while it just hit me, but we talked the last episode, we talked about scheduling. And we're talking about USF here. So I guess we need to talk about the whole news of them scheduling Alabama and what it's done for. I guess let me ask. Let me ask this question uh, because we know what UCF is totally against it. I know you and I have both talked about that poll we saw from uh, the UCF site at SB Nation where an absurd 20% won't even take a two-for-one from the really best teams. I don't know what they are drinking down there, smoking. I don't know. Is smoking legal in Florida? I don't know yet. But um, it's kind of crazy because if you're USF, go for it kind of like I wrote in the uh, piece where I ranked the future article or the future uh, schedules um, there's a reason why USF needs, needs a game like that and UCF can maybe get away with it but they're in no position to be demanding one for ones
1: well okay so here I've seen two different schools of thought with this there's two ways that people are looking at it. The first, which okay, here's here's the funny thing too. When UCF beat Auburn, the the <clears throat> mantra or it, everybody was just saying, "Oh, we'll take anybody. Like we will beat anybody. It doesn't matter." And then they didn't really get anybody scheduled. And then they lose to LSU and it kind of became a little bit more split in one side was still, oh, we'll take anybody. Why aren't we scheduling people? And then other people were saying, well, why would we schedule these big names when we can just go to a New Year's Six Bowl and make all this money when we go 12-0 and in the regular season or have 10, 11, 12 wins during the regular season? So that side is thinking – I would rather play in the Peach Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the whatever, the New Year's Six Bowl, and make more money than schedule an Alabama or a Clemson and go six and six, seven to five, eight and four. Which, if that's what you want, fine. But that's not what you were saying after you beat Auburn and throughout the entire year last year.
2: Well, I think you know to counter that uh, is it the point now at this point to get in the playoff discussion and the right. only way and the only like way to do to so is just to beef up the then. schedule.
1: Yeah. It's so, like you can't it's like they're just, you can't have know. both. Yeah. Yeah. They're just being two-faced like oh, well we didn't actually want to be play the best. We want to just make money. Well, no, what that why did that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I I just still thought it was like it was just cuz at that point then why would you even schedule? Why would you schedule any Power Five team that's like even remotely good?
2: Yeah, you would just schedule Rutgers, Illinois, and teams Louisville like that. We
1: and North Carolina and whoever they already have scheduled. Yeah. Like why would Why would you even think about it? If that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to do, which and that's just what some fans are thinking. It's, I'm not speaking for the majority, but like. Their AD has been saying, we'll schedule anybody. We want one-for-ones. I'm like, well, then go ahead and do it. If if your sole purpose is you want to play better teams so you can have more respect throughout college football, then that's what you need to do. But it sounds like some people are changing their tune and they're saying, oh, well, we're okay with not scheduling those teams and just making money.
2: And it's also becoming a thing at this point where you're running out of opponents to – put in because I mean at this point if you can't lock up anything with any of these one and ones you're going to be almost forced to take whatever you can get which might be only group of five schools or FCS schools and they're trying to get at least we thought they were trying
1: to get out of that well if that's what they want to do like that's fine because if you're if you want to go 12-0 and every single regular season and then play 9-3 and Ten and two, 11 and one, whatever team from Power Five, whatever, like that's fine. I'll watch that. But I mean, I, I don't think
2: anybody's now complaining about what, say, Boise State has done since their their huge rise. I 10 mean, maybe ten, fifteen years ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but like, you know, they're still considered a highly successful a uh, program. So you know, is UCF trying to? Possibly follow that model and just be relevant for 15 years or are they actually trying to win championships because then it, it's
1: They're almost one of those things like well, why doesn't Boise
2: why doesn't Boise claim the you know acclaim the, uh, their own national championship
1: like? Cause who wants if you're going to choose between Orlando and Boise Idaho which one do you think people are more interested in oh,
2: certainly Orlando
1: no I mean no offense to Boise Unless State, you like yeah they've been doing they've just been <laughs> cranking out 10 win seasons, 9 win seasons whatever and they've been good. I don't know. It's but you know that it's the last year and a half or so. It's been UCF wants to I mean they claimed a national championship. So they're they're not like, "Oh, we're doing this so we can make money." Like they're trying to capitalize on it and they're trying to win games. So it's just you got to pick one side or another. I don't really care what it is, but you also have to realize that you have a fan base that's changing their tune now because they lost one game. Mm
2: -hmm. Agreed. And to bring it back to uh, USF before we bring it back to Navy, uh, what (laughs) do you what do you think of? uh, I mean, considering what they have ahead of them, it's a pretty sweet haul. I think uh, the numbers ten, you know, ten national championships between all the schools are going to be playing. Or actually, I think that number is way higher than ten. Um, but it almost to differentiate where we just talked about UCF. You're almost a little bit concerned that maybe you know USF has a season where they have this really good team. But then they got Alabama and Oklahoma and these guys all on their schedule. And it could really ruin their chances for that New Year's Six bowl game or a playoff game.
1: Right. Well, and that goes into into the second point for UCF is we don't want to play all these teams because then we're not. Because, like, yeah, like you said, you could have you could have a really good team that's loaded with talent, but it's not Alabama talent or Oklahoma talent or that. I thought they had Texas at some point too. Like, yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it's that, if you have two or those teams on your schedule, that could derail your season a little bit. So it kind of goes into that point of, Oh, well, we're not going to schedule all these good teams because we're trying to win 12 ga- 10, 11, 12 games. And, we're trying to make a New Year's Six Bowl and make money and beat those teams and then claim another national championship. Yeah, you're, a better, you're a better place to, to do so to achieve those goals if you're playing FAU or I don't know, you know like North Texas, those kind of teams which they're solid, but you know what I mean. The, the quality of competition P5 versus G 5 You're in a better place to do that if you're scheduling those teams instead of Oh, we're going to play Alabama and Texas. Start the year 0 and 2, and then struggle our way through the rest of the schedule.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is an interesting debate that we could. I mean, we could talk about that for hours and hours. But like I said, let's bring it back to back to Navy. I, I knew we were going to go on a little bit of a tangent there, but oh, back what, what to Navy. Do? It's our oh, mo, man. But I mean, it had to be done with with that. Just because of the fact that, you know, one it's Alabama, so that's a big deal, and then the constant chirping between—I mean, and it's not just UCF and USF. I mean, you're hearing it all all throughout the conference, and in my eyes, the easiest thing to do to make. The uh, conference as a whole look better, so you don't have to really go out of the conference to schedule, you know, uh, Alabama's and Clemson's and Texas's. You know, it would help if we can get some help from the bottom of the conference. Your UConn's, your Tulsa's, your ECU's. And now Navy, you know, at least this season Navy, you know, you need some of these programs to step their game up a little bit, and hopefully that TV deal that we talked about numerous times this offseason kind of helps them out with that all right back to back to back to navy for like the fifth time i've said that now um
1: <laughs> what are we at for the record now what are you at you figure out your record
2: i'm at one and
1: one two three four five. one and five two and four for me all right so, well
2: you're wrong what else is there
1: whoa next up is a home game dude check it
2: at the door man A home game against Tulane. Bill has this basically as a uh, a six-and-a-half point underdog at home against Tulane. I I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think that's one of those numbers that kind of shocked me a little bit too. Not as much as the Air Force one, but, I mean, you and I, we are going to get to Tulane in a couple weeks I think it's a like two-three weeks. I don't have the uh, schedule in front of me right, or the uh, last year standings in front of me right now. But Tulane's a sleeper team, and I think a lot of people would be talking about Tulane all throughout the country actually as a sleeper team. So I can understand why Tul you know Tulane is the favorite here, but you know, kind of like you know, Austin said earlier, you know, it, could they sneak this out? Again, wouldn't be a shock, but they won't.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Although you know, we everybody was super high on Tulane last year, and look what happened. They weren't think, bad, but they weren't they weren't
2: a I think, dark horse but, contender. I, I think they got much better down the stretch, though. Yeah, once they figured out the quarterback situation there, yeah, Justin McMillian came in and, and took care of things for it. I think that really helped out.
1: Yeah, and I, that's why I think Tulane wins this one.
2: All right, then the following week is a road game against UConn. That is the basically the only other game where Bill thinks that it's almost a slam dunk win for Navy. Uh, i this is oh, oh, 63% man,
1: it's like I a
2: mean, D man.
1: What are you in school? I'm not in school anymore. 63 D's get degrees, that sort of thing. No, like, come on, that's not a slam dunk.
2: 63 percent in the gambling world is a pretty good number
1: oh my gosh <laughs> when have you gambled on win probability
2: you have to look at these things you know that buddy right oh my i look gosh. at all any and all numbers
1: yeah, how'd that work for you with your uh, your your series of articles picking games last year? I
2: Finished over 500. That's all that matters.
1: Did you? I thought you were under 500. I have to. I'm pretty sure I was like a game or two over 500. Oh, so you won money, is what you're saying? Barely. If you yeah. bet the same amount of money every, well, maybe not.
2: Barely. Yeah, probably not. All right, so UConn, uh, yeah. I'm giving, I'm giving them, yeah. It, I mean, the only thing that kind of scares you if you're Navy, I guess, is it's it's at UConn. I don't know if that really scares you though. Uh, so, no. Yeah, Do I mean, see we, how,
1: there's like three guys that transferred from UConn this week. It was like t- a, two receivers or one receiver or something, and then uh, Marvin Washington, one of their potential starting quarterbacks, transferred.
2: Did he really? I didn't did not see that. Yeah. Ooh. I guess that opens the door for the graduate or the graduate from uh, I think it was Western West Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so I'm just yeah. Let's go for bad to worse. Jeez. Yep.
1: Doesn't bother me at all. Wow. Well, it happens. Give them a win because they're going to lose the next week for sure.
2: Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, they get some time before that. They they it have another matter. bye week. Yeah, really it no, it does doesn't matter. On the road at South Bend, Lord <laughs> names is just going to stomp them, just like they did. Last, uh was it last year? Yes, they did play last year, and I think I think they have a pretty extensive series lined up with one another. So they're going to be playing each other quite a bit over the next couple of years. That's okay. I had a question in my head, and then, and now it just hit me. So you mentioned the transfers from UConn, but I don't know if you saw that there was a couple of safeties that are leaving West Virginia.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
2: And so, uh, any potential for a reunion with Dana? I mean, maybe because they, know, just, I, they just well, got, I mean, that's the first thing I—you know—I mean, like if they're yeah. if they're looking to play with a former coach, so I mean, they can go that you know they got a guy right there.
1: Right. Well, and right now you have guys like Jordan Moore and Marcus Jones from Troy. Jordan Moore from Texas a and uh, they have a couple of other guys that are playing safety, defensive back that are waiting to hear on their their transfer appeals. And it sounds like they're waiting. To, I don't. I don't know when they hear back. I would assume we'd have Should to hear soon back home. soon because the practices or like fall camp weightlifting or whatever starts pretty soon. I think Temple starts in like a week or 10 days, something like that. It's pretty yeah, I thought, It's very I soon. I saw yeah. Someone started like next week. So, yeah, yeah, it starts soon. So, you would think they'd have to know by then. I don't know. What do I know? But it's, and it also with like how guys like Justin Fields and Tate Martell get somehow eligible after whatever they decided to argue, like you feel like these guys should get a chance to play. So, I think maybe they're waiting. Who knows? I yeah, have this, no idea. This whole
2: transfer portal thing is crazy now. I know it's blown up. Yeah, it really, it really, really has. All right, so another loss for Navy. So we're, at, I'm at two and six, two and seven. So I'm at three and six. The following, okay, so after the Notre Dame beatdown, they will have a home game against SMU. Uh, According to Bill's numbers here, they have a 25% chance to win that game, and a spread of what he has at a, around 11 and a half. I mean, I'm I've been big on SMU for two years. I'm going to stick to my guns. I think SMU is going to be a better team this year. Uh, Haven't looked at their schedule. I think we do. They're they're next on our list. Next week we'll be doing uh, the SMU preview. Really? And it's a, i'm pretty sure it's them next i don't have this
1: i mean i yeah. don't really care who it is because yeah. we're gonna do them all anyways yeah i'm pretty
2: sure they're next in our in our, in our order what of standings i'm like 90 percent sure
1: well that's that's a slam dunk according to you that's more than a slam dunk
2: well i'm 63 percent sure
1: <laughs> oh man don't ever tell me you're sixty-three percent sure ever again. Actually, no, tell me that, cause then I'll know you're super confident.
2: Sixty-three percent sure.
1: That that'll be our little code. If someone's like talking to us and we need to have inside information, you just you'll just say, "Dude, I'm sixty-three percent sure about this."
2: Pretty sure the year that I really crushed it was like sixty-three percent or sixty-six percent in picks hey, too. There we go. It was in the it was in the sixties. I remember that. Look at you. All right, so SMU, I'm going loss. You are going loss. Loss. I wanted to say win, just to ruffle your feathers, but I'll be nice. It's, but then those would be the game that SMU craps the bed, and you know, because yeah, yeah, they always, yeah. they always seem to do that towards the end of the season. So yeah. that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me either. That's that's why to bring it back to what Austin said, like is six wins possible? Yeah, just because you, I mean you just never know with Navy. That's the thing about Navy.
1: Right, and you know, we saw last year with Memphis. You don't know, and USF. Tulane didn't they give? Weren't they giving Houston a run for their money for a while too? Navy. Yeah, Uh, or was that kind of like it was one of those? The score was close, but when you watched it, it was like, okay, this this the score for
2: some reason. I thought the Navy game was the one where Houston had to come back. Was that um, I guess I'm
1: I guess I'm wrong about that. God, it was so long ago now.
2: Yeah, I know. And it really wasn't.
1: Right? Isn't that crazy? Let's see. Forty nine th- well, yeah, so it was 24-21 Navy at halftime. And then Houston outscored Navy twenty eight to twelve in the second half. Okay.
2: I thought I thought maybe it was that. So
1: yeah, kind of kinda of gave him a run for money. We'll call it yes.
2: That. Yeah. Sixty-three percent effort. Yeah. Huh. Or after SMU, it's a road trip to Houston. Game where I don't think either one of us is going to predict Houston to lose. No. Nope. Especially considering. Uh, is, is it the reg- is it the regular season finale for Houston? Uh, it should be. Uh, I, I would think it is, but then you never know with our, these these Navy schedules. Cause they Because they do have a break before they play Army. But I, I would assume that that's the regular season finale for Houston as well. So, and it's in Houston, Senior Day. Uh, yeah, King's going to put on a show. Yeah, it's their last game.
1: Yeah, he's going to put
2: on an absolute show.
1: He's going to put on a show all year.
2: Yeah, no, no arguments with that. So that puts us what two and ten for no three two and nine three and nine, or three two
1: and nine. Eight for you two and nine for you or two and nine for you three and eight for me for two and nine
2: and then the matchup against army uh, I I think Army does it again it's gonna be their third year in a row here so and that's how I get to them having just two wins on the season
1: I feel bad that I only have three <laughs>
2: Are you gonna go out and say the fourth one is against Army? No.
1: It, so it's hard when the, the games that I'm considering, and by considering I'm not really considering, are the win probability is in between twenty and thirty five percent. That's just not what you want to go against no by that the- point in the season though we'll kind of know if it's going to happen or not cuz if they're like you said 1 and 4 after or 1 and 5 even then it's just like yeah I don't know it's just hard to pick upset wins like that
2: Deck, especially when that quarterback situation is just a, a total mess, for lack of a better word. You really don't know what to expect from Perry. Right. Because you don't know how much. It doesn't seem that they have a whole – obviously, by benching him, they didn't have a whole lot of trust in him as as a quarterback. The guy is a dynamic playmaker. He really is. He's oh, yeah. so fast. But I think – I, I don't know. Maybe he is not the biggest guy. So taking all that pounding I'm sure is not a good thing and then like I mentioned earlier you got to be able to complete some passes yeah and I also think it's really troublesome when the same guy here that we're talking about is your second leading receiver from last season
1: yeah that's yeah that's tough
2: well it'll be a um It'll be an interesting year for Navy. I have them for two wins. Joe has them for what? Three? Three, man. Three wins. I think that's the number that uh, Bill had them as as well. Austin, super confident, obviously, going with six. I, I, If they pull off six, like I said, wouldn't be shocked. But I just don't think it's happening at all. Nope. But I guess, I know, let's wrap it up here because me and Joe ranted a little bit too much like we always do about everything. Thanks again for listening to the Underdog Podcast. Make sure you are following us on Facebook and Twitter. Leave us some reviews. Tell us we're the best. Say Austin's the best. Give us whatever you want to do on however you're listening to the show. Follow me at Joe Serp, Joe at Joe Brobeck, and until next week when we do our SMU preview it is Ken Niamatololo right? Hey two for two